Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Two Nories podcast. I'm your host, James Enno, joined by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. And my wife Gillian is on the deck. Say hi, Gillian. Hi, everyone. And we have huge honour today. We have welcome Ardvor Corky on the podcast, the Lord Mayor of Cork City, Mr. Colm Callagher. How are you doing, James? Hey, Jimmy. How are you, James? How are things? Huge honour to have Lord Mayor come up to Churchfield. I know you're a busy man. Yeah. And um, it's great to have you up here. And thanks a million for coming on. Not a lot. It's when I seen the car pulling in there with a course. I never realised it was so big. And the parking around there is bad enough, trust me, you know, there have been nearly murders over the parking up around these places over. There's just I no parking. I'm going to anyway. Yeah. Well. Fair play yeah. yeah. Fair play But um, what's it like being the Lord Mayor? Like the practicalities, the day to day of it. It's um, it's surreal. Uh, I was elected uh, on the eighteenth of June, just passed, and speaking to previous Lord Mayors within within you know my political party and within city city hall, um, <clears throat> they all say it to you. You don't realise how heavy the chain is. And this is just the practical side of it. Mm. Like the chain is 1787. It's 230 odd years old, 234 years old. And you're trying to prepare yourself mentally for the, the honour that the city are bestowing upon you. Mm. Um, but when the chain actually lands on your shoulders, it's like, it was like a wave came over me. Because mm. um, <clears throat> you're wearing the same chain that McCartan and McSweeney wore. Mm. You know, um, is it real gold? It's real gold. Yeah, uh, Finbar has a joke. Where is like, it now? It's on the car. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, Finbar has a joke. Finbar has a joke. Like, what, what, what would you get for the go- for the chain? And he says about six months above Ratmore Road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's true too, isn't it? How heavy is it? Uh, it's I think three and a half pounds. Really? Yeah, yeah it's uninsurable. Um, a former Lord Mayor uh, from up around this area, Tony Fitz, yeah. uh, nearly caused an international incident a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a replica chain that you're supposed to take out of country when, when the Lord Mayor goes abroad and stuff like that. And Tony nearly caused an international incident. He landed <laughs> over in China with the real one. <laughs> <laughs> he minded it though. Yeah. He minded it. Um, but I suppose... One of the things that you, you, you don't realise is the respect that the staff uh, inside in City Hall and I suppose the whole community as a whole, um, no one calls you by your name. Uh, it's Lord Mayor. Uh, they stand up when you walk into a room, mm. um, which is very strange from my point of view. Mm. And even I say like, no, please call, call me Cullum. Mm. Um, no, it's just... Lord Mayor, you know, but it's not respect for, for the individual, it's respect for the office because it's ingrained, I suppose, in civic society uh, within Cork with a massive history. The office of the Lord Mayor goes back to 1900. Prior to that, they were called mayors and prior to that, they were called provosts. 
and we can trace it back nearly 850 years. Is it an old kind of British kind of uh, tradition? Well, the, the tradition of Proverst would have been, you know, medieval, that type of way, and then it progressed to Mayor. Uh, the title of Lord Mayor was bestowed on Dublin, Belfast and Cork in 1900 when Queen Victoria came and um, she came to the, the Cork exhibition. And I'm sure we've all been down to mm. Mockers House and we've been on the Jarvis mm. and they say, you know, that's where Queen Victoria stayed here. Mm. Uh, on her way to Killarney, uh, she bestowed the title of Lord Mayor on, on Cork, mm. on Cork City, or well, on Cork as a whole. Um, and uh, since then, they've been referred to as Lord Mayors. There's only three Lord Mayors in the island, Dublin, mm. Belfast and Cork. There's only two in the Republic. Um, and, uh, yeah, since then we've been referred to as Lord Mayors and I suppose the first of the Republican Lord Mayors and which would be, uh, Tomás McCurtain in 1920. He was, uh, taken out, he was murdered while he was sitting Lord Mayor. He was sitting Lord Mayor, he was shot in front of his children, um, over a shop in Blackpool, the RIC, um, and the Thomas Taver Street, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they, they blackened their face with coal. So they couldn't be identified <clears throat> and uh, they shot him in front of his children, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously disgraceful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, his successor, he, 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 you know, he died uh, in office. His successor, uh, Terence McSweeney, uh, after becoming Lord Mayor, was soon arrested um, in an incident uh, inside the City Hall. Um, Terence was uh, sent to Brixton Prison in London. Where he, uh, where he went on hunger strike. I think it was like 76 or 75 days mm. and then he died of hunger, obviously. And at the time, that was a huge international news, wasn't it? Yeah. It made headlines in India, in New York. And you have to realise this is 1920 now. This isn't no social media. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. I'm live on Facebook and you can see it in you know Darwin in Australia instantaneously. Mm. This was news that spread around the globe yeah. of... An oppressive, I, I suppose, regime at the time with the with, with the government of of Lloyd George in England. Um, uh, but we were uh, effectively headlines all over the world. A second city of the second island within the empire, and that its Lord Mayor dying mm. in a prison mm. in Brixton, Gandhi. Um, and other uh, inspirational people all around the world have even referenced the the strength and you know the tenacity that uh, former Lord Mayor uh, Terence McSweeney showed. Um, and it's uh, I think Gandhi started you know, his. I think he started uh, doing the what was it the safe process over in India after like, that uh, because of, of of listening to the, exactly. the story of them. There was a great series on Nationwide, remember? Um, the around the burning of Cork, they did a whole series on them. But if anybody's interested in this type of topic, that's where to go because mm-hmm. to be fair, Nationwide did give oh. Cork a lot of profile there. They do. They do. They do. They're, yeah, they're, they're based out of the offices there. Oh, is that why? <laughs> <laughs> they're very welcome up here. They're actually, very welcome. Yeah, by yeah. all means. But, um, how, how old are you, Colm? I'm thirty five. Jeez, you must be one of the youngest, if not the youngest, Lord Mayor of Cork. I would be one of the youngest, I suppose, in recent times. Um, The Taoiseach uh, was younger than me when he was elected in 82. And I actually um, had the honour of presenting every 25 years, there's a picture of every every Lord Mayor up Mm. on the wall in City Hall, just outside the Lord Mayor's office. 
and the current Lord Mayor is the one uh, on top to the left at the entrance to the Lord Mayor's office. And then as uh, other Lord Mayors are elected, you move down one and then you move over one. And it takes 25 years to get off the corridor mm. and into the Lord Mayor's meeting room where we have every single Lord Mayor from 1900 Jeez. pictured on the wall. And Davy Mack, um, his family were actually in today. And Davy I pres- Mack from Holly Hill. Yeah. And another stalwart of the yeah, area. Yeah, another yeah. stalwart. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I met his two sons and I met his wife, the former Lady Mayoress, and I presented them with a picture of her husband and their father mm. as Lord Mayor. So he came down from outside and your colour when you're outside and when you go inside, you go black and white. Mm. So I was joking. I'd probably end up down with a skirting board somewhere because we're running out of space <laughs> in the wall. <laughs> I remember when we were young, you know, where if you see Davy Mack over in Super Valley, you're like, Davy, what story with a gaff? You know, I know, know, yeah, great yeah, laugh. Yeah, thing was yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Back in them days, you could get a gaff. I know, I know. Look, I know. We, we, we won't talk about that because we'll keep it casual. It's more you know? difficult. Yeah, but um, huge honour, though. The, the lineage yes. you're coming from, you know, mm. the, the history of it, and very, it must be a huge honour to be to wear the chain and represent your your city like that it's um as i said it's surreal um i was i was brought up in balancholic um i'm uh, the fourth youngest of five boys we came out of a three-bedroom semi in rosewood in balancholic um my mother and my father and did you know they did our best and we grew up in tough times mm-hmm. uh, like like everyone else yeah. um i i i shared a, a box bedroom with my uh, younger brother in bunk beds i was in the top and he was in the bottom and i used to kill him and <laughs> the three brothers for, yeah yeah and uh it was a happy home it was it, it was you know we tore shreds off each other mm-hmm. as you can imagine five boys yeah uh, the father and the mother was a referee then like <laughs> Um, but uh, it's it's it, it's a massive massive honour. Um, my mother, mother of God, she was she was down. She, I say she traipsed every store in Cork City and Ballincollig and Maham Point coming up to the election of what she bought about twelve or different different outfits, getting ready for you know. So um, and my father, uh, he was delighted. Obviously, I would have been very close to my grandmother, uh, Eileen McAuliffe. She had a furniture shop in Perry Street in Satan Town, next oh, to yeah, Mary Tompkins. Yeah. Um, being from Balancholic, uh, she was from Mallow. Uh, being from Balancholic, uh, I'd cycle in from Balancholic every Saturday morning. I'd walk the day in the shop and I'd go home to Mallow by night. And we'd come back up to the duck pond out in Blarney where my mother would pick me up and back to school Monday morning in Balancholic. Mm-hmm. But uh, she passed away on Christmas Eve in 2008. And I would have been very, very, very close to her growing up. Mm. Uh, she was almost a second mother. I spent mm. every weekend of mm. my youth. You, you wouldn't find me in Balancholic at all. I was in Mallow, like, mm. you know. Um, and she had a big family down there. Uh, her brothers and my cousins, or maybe my mother's first cousins, but we all, we called each other cousins. There's so many of us there. And uh, she's had great times down there. I spent mm. all summer down there as well, fishing in the, the black water and stuff like that. Mm. But... It was very sore for me to be elected as Lord Mayor and not have her there, mm-hmm. you know, because she was a big, big part yeah. of my life. And I have two pictures on my desk in my office in City Hall. One is of my grandmother and the other one is a smaller one of Jack Lynch. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Have you got a spiritual side? Yeah, I do. Do you believe that she still energy, her, her energy is still around you? She's still with you in some way? Yeah. 100%. No, look, it's, it's kind of, I suppose we were all brought up in Holy Catholic Ireland and, you know, we were brought mm-hmm. to Mass and, you know, you know the prayers and that's it. But look, when she passed, it was obviously devastating for me. I took, you know, I don't know, probably not even, still not over it, mm-hmm. if I'm to be honest with you. 
But I know I, I talk to her every night before I go to bed. Mm. I say my little prayers getting into bed. Yeah. And I say, I'm 35 years of age and you may laugh at me. That's nothing to be ashamed I say, of. Yeah, yeah. I, say my, I, I say my little prayer yeah. getting into bed and I say goodnight to her every night. There's no, there's no shame in having someone as your higher power Completely. to keep, get you through the, the tough times in life. Like all the people, everybody I know in some form of recovery from some addiction, they all have a higher power. And maybe... A god, it may be a family member that passed on. It could be any anything at all, but it's very important just to believe in something else. You know, pulling the strings that because if if you try to do everything in your own will, which is what we do in addiction, mm-hmm. you will constantly you run yourself get the ragged, like wouldn't you? Yeah, but there's no harm, like yeah. even for people that haven't got addictions to have some sort of spiritual side, not just praying or or meditating or anything like that, but just a belief that you know there's certain you know if I if I'm a good person, good things will happen for me. That's in the sense like mm-hmm. if I put good energy out there, I get good things to come back. That's kind of spirituality too. Yeah. But um, when you were how, how long you Lord Mayor when we elected in June, June was it? June, yeah. And in July, Nine weeks ago, twelve weeks ago. Yeah, so you're in this infancy. Oh yeah. So it's COVID. I felt sorry for Joe Kavanagh, the previous Lord Mayor, because the Lord Mayor <coughs> previous to that was Mick Finn, whom I worked with in the car. Doctor John. Doctor John and Mick Pryor. She and yeah. then Mick, but whatever about John, but Mick looked like he the fucking ball. Do you know? He had the Liam Miller thing. He had, you know, he he did a, he did a lot of stuff. He was out yeah, and about. He was, you know, he was. But yeah. when he I term in office, yeah, he was he, very good Lord Mayor as well. Yeah, represented the city. Very, very well. Yeah, he did. A, and a lovely man as well. Oh, mix, mix all the art. Well, he did. He looked like you know when you look at he's like he he published like a book you know That's right. photographs of his term. But Jesus Christ, he's done so. But when I looked at kind of Joe Cavanagh's term there, lockdown and you know a big part of being a lot mayor is going around and giving school days off and shaking people's hands and hugging more ladies and kissing babies, all this stuff. Do you think that are you hopeful that you'll get a bit of that towards the second half of the term? I suppose, like. I spoke with Joe about a week before I came into office. I went in and I visited him. He was he was still in office as Lord Mayor, and uh, City Hall was almost abandoned. It was like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. There was no one there. And Joe was in the office, and uh, he called me and made a cup of coffee, and I was chatting to him. And he says, "He goes well. He goes, you know, you, you had a tough year. Like he said, call him by. He goes any morning you can wake up and have the chain of McSweeney and McCartan hanging over your shoulders is a good day." Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that that really struck me. Yeah, he had COVID. He couldn't go do the traditional schools as the Lord Mayor does. He couldn't travel abroad. He didn't have as much engagements. But Jesus, I thought he represented us so well. We mm-hmm. had a centenary uh, of the, the Barney in a Cork. And it was a virtual thing. It was online. But he was there with the tea shucking and with his, the former Lady Mayor, Stephanie, his wife as well. And I thought the sense mm-hmm. of grace and dignity the two of them brought mm-hmm. In tough times. And you know when you're looking, yeah. you know that, that role so, of... And, and to, to Joe, I will say this, fair play, you know? Yeah. Big shoes to fill. He mightn't, he mightn't have done it in a traditional manner, but I'm acutely aware of the service he gave to the office before me. It's a different party, but mm-hmm. we, we won't hold that against him. Yeah. But, like, he he brought a sense of of dignity to the role um, that no one no one can ever take away from him. Yeah. And he actually holds two records. He, he chaired the first ever online council meeting of Cork City Council. Never again to be yeah. broken. So he's in the record books for that. Um, and he visited every single school in Cork City virtually in 30 minutes. 
That's a good one. <laughs> That's never been done before. <laughs> That's the nearly Santa Claus That's team. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, do you know when you look at the Roll of Honour or the, the Hall of Fame mm. of the Lord Mayors with them photos and after 25 years, you don't look back and look at Davy Mack and say, I wonder what did he do in his year or look out. It's irrelevant. You're still a part of history, isn't it? Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. You're still there, like, you mm. know. Like hundreds, hundreds and one years this year um, uh, of Republican Lord Mayors. And when I say Republican, I mean Lord Mayors that have declared allegiance to Dáil Éireann. Mm-hmm. We have 121st year of the Lord Mayor as an institution in self since 1900. But, you know, so, some people have been Lord Mayor twice. Um, uh, but, like, you're, you're in a very select group of, of, yeah. of, of individuals mm-hmm. going through history. Um, and I know it's, it's, a term, it's a year, it changes every year, but you're 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 the first citizen of Cork. You're representing uh, every citizen. You're trying to do your best for them. You're doing it for the right reasons. I don't believe anyone has ever gone into the office of Lord Mayor with self promotion or mm. you know self you know selfishness about yeah. them. Like mm. you know, um, like I believe that everyone that has gone before me and hopefully everyone that comes after me will be doing it for the right reasons. I feel I'm doing it for the right reasons. Mm. Um, but it's 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 a massive massive honour. Um, we 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 have a long history here in Cork, and we're very very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also I'm led to believe this. You might check this steward's inquiry, but I'm led to believe we're the only office of Lord Mayor that receives a gift of a car. Oh yeah, from Ford's CAB. Yeah, the Vignale. The, the, the yeah, the Ford Vignale. Yeah, and or Vignale. Yeah. What an absolute beautiful car, like. Mm. And two one two C one. They gift that to the city. They don't charge us a penny for it, mm. and the registration is reserved. So you, you know, it's the, the, one. the one. Yeah, you know, number um, one citizen. One what happens citizen. then after? They don't have that in Dublin. They don't have it in, in Belfast. Who gets the car then after? Well, it goes back to CAB. and they sell it. Yeah, and any Joe Soap can buy Joe the car. Soap can buy it. Uh, I think the Lord Mayor, the previous Lord, gets first refusal. Yeah. And the last one went back with a price tag of 39000 on it, I think. You're not sticking it up in Dundee after no, six months. No, no, like. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Finny, you'd have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually something very funny happened. I was in office about, I'd say, three or four days. And Finbar picked me up and we were coming into South Link. We can nobody can say what roundabout. And we pulled up there, you know, but just the traffic lights just after roundabout. And I was in the two, at the time, uh, believe it or not, I know I'm only in 11, 12 weeks. I'm in my second car because I took over in June and it changes in July. So I was in the 211C1. Mm. And up alongside us pulls the 192C1. Oh, <laughs> and I just imagine like you know, there's a fella behind the two cars now like saying which one's the Lord Mayor if you're ever if you're ever looking to get a wash no more valid bring it down to the Marina Commercial Park and we'll give you a free one starting uh, yeah. a car wash down there yeah, yeah. we started a, a car wash and validating company down there a while back fair play um, and, and we're just it's, it's, it's baby business it's really just getting off the floor my wife Nicole is, has um, she's packed in her job and she's down there now working full time I believe, you believe you're I was told you're hiring people that are in recovery well I do that on both sides I have a construction company as yeah. well property maintenance and everybody is in recovery everybody that works That's with right. me is in recovery and um, it just works well it works well because we can hop off each other if one is having a bad day we can talk about it you know there's no 
there's no shyness about it. We talk about how we're getting on if something's after bothering us. And there's another thing I'm going to integrate into it as well is, is where we, we kind of have a half day on a Friday and we talk about the week where we can talk about any kind of argument or any shit that went on during the week. We can sit down and sort it up before we hit a weekend and come back on a Monday and the resentment is still in the head. So that's another thing. And that's the construction. But the car wash below is we, we're just kind of integrating people back into the work area. Some people have, you know, they've had difficult times, you know, and they just want to, uh, to get back into work and an opportunity to work again. You know? and, that's, that's, um, and that's therapy in itself as well. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well it's 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 not easy. It's not easy. It's, it's tough, kind of trying to manage everything at the moment. The two of us, myself and Nicole, is really tough, and and we're, there's so much change in our lives at the moment that is actually very stressful. We had no holiday this year. We've a mobile home down in Venice Island, and we haven't even got an opportunity to go down there because we're so busy. We feel like the kids have been neglected, you know, because there's so much change in it. We're new to the whole lot of it, but it'll be fine. Right. We'll manage it. And once it starts getting a little bit busy below in the marina, you know, we're based in the marina, commercial park. What we'll do so is we'll, we'll, get, we'll go down in the car and we'll get the car washed. That would be absolutely great and it'll be free. <laughs> no, 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 no. It'll be free. The office of the Lord Mayor will pay all his pay. Well, we'll invite City yeah, Hall, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you very well, much. Well done, yeah, my friend. And well, where with it. Best thanks very much. Man. We appreciate well, it. Speaking about recovery, when you were on eight, you weren't in office long. I mm-hmm. met you at the. The launch of the Dash Bus, yeah, which is a sexual screening, mobile sexual screening unit. And that day there was an article in the examiner. You did an interview where you spoke about your brother who was in recovery from heroin addiction and is doing pretty well today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read that, I, I thought, first of all, I thought it was great that the first citizen of the city was so open about a topic like this. That is taboo. Drug use in and of itself is taboo. But heroin use is very is highly stigmatized. So for the first citizen in the in the, the city to try and bring the topic out into the open, I I thought it was great. I was thinking like this is such a good ally to have mm. for something that we advocate for, obviously. Of course. Can you tell us a little bit about that interview, what kinda why you did it or um and maybe how your brother was, how it affected the family and how he's doing today? Mm. <coughs> um you touched on stigma there. Mm-hmm. And if you go back through history, homosexuality was stigmatized. Mm. Racism was stigmatized. Mental health as well. Mental health was stigmatized. All of these things are now accepted to be an issue. And some of them are cultural, some of them are society, and some of them are, are, are you know, taboo, as you said, now in relation to heroin, within the drugs trade, and within drug taking. It's like, it's like, you know, premiership football as opposed to yeah. a fella smoking a bit of weed. Exactly. Uh, it's up here, you know. Um, but just because something is stigmatised doesn't mean that that is the correct approach to it. That's my personal belief. I'm a very open-minded person. Um, I believe that, you know, everything is some form of a personal choice to start with, but you can be dragged down fairly quickly. In my brother's case... He started off with the soft drugs, the weeds and stuff like that, and then moved on to, oh, Jesus, he, like he grew up kind of before me and it was back before we had social media and stuff like that. Yeah. He was taking ecstasy, he was taking speed, 
He was drinking, he was taking coke, and it led to mm. heroin. Mm. I think first smoking it, it and then injecting. Mm. And I suppose when I was growing up, Don immediately preceded me. Uh, Is he a little bit older than you? Don is four years older than me. Yeah. And uh, he was my big brother. Yeah. And when we were growing up, we were very close. And it was always, if I had a problem, I got to Don. Mm. But it got to a stage where he was obviously using... We were unaware of it as a family. We never experienced drug use before as a family. And he became less and less every day. It wasn't Don you were talking to. Yeah. It was someone else. And then money started going missing. And he was fighting. Then he started getting in trouble with the law. Mm. And um, it's it, it, it was just like a downward, downward spiral, you know. And we couldn't, well, my mother and father especially, couldn't understand what what the, what the fuck was going on. Like, you know, there's, there's five of us there. The two boys at the top are all right. Two boys at the bottom. And the in the middle is, is going bananas. So, like, um, it's obviously, they, 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 were, they started realising there's drugs. And then he, see, he started getting involved in petty crime. He started robbing, started stealing. He fell in with the wrong crowd. Uh, ran away from home. All the usual traits yeah, you see yeah. with some fella dealing in addiction. And then um, in his late teens, early 20s, he broke down. He came home and he broke down. And it transpired that he'd been sexually molested by a teacher in primary school, mm. in fourth class, which he's since subsequently brought a case against that teacher. And that teacher has been convicted. And mm. I hope you'd appreciate it. I won't, I won't name, name him. Of course not. Oh, um, oh, oh. Because it just angers me personally. Yeah, not for yeah. anything like Don. Doesn't matter. He's not, yeah. don't give it out. He's important, you know. Oh. Um, but you know, you said earlier on that um, you believe that maybe there's a certain amount of it is choice. And that is mm. true. But you know, when you've been through a trauma like that, That's the it. choice to use drugs might it might be a choice to use drugs just to experiment but the choice to go into addiction is not but you see 100% and that's yeah. what I was trying to I suppose trying yeah. to allude to Don you know tore out and you know rebelled against authority after that no one get their head around it like why, do you know why like mm. he was obviously damaged and he was trying to hide it and then he started using uh, you know narcotics and uh, you know drugs and it was a choice at the start but maybe to ease the pain mm. and then as you said you don't have a choice once once it gets a hold of you yeah. whether you are you know from the upper echelons of society or an average Joe Soap it does not you know dig, uh, there's no distinction with drugs mm. in relation to class there's not the same way there's no distinction COVID doesn't care whether yeah. you know mm. it's going to go after everyone that's if it gets a hold yeah. if it gets a hold yeah. and that's what happened to Don and um, geez, there was a lot of false dons uh, there was a lot of yeah I've, I, I'm sick I realise I'm sick I want to get home I want to you know I want to get help and uh, you know he, he had two children two beautiful children my niece and my nephew um, with uh, a previous partner and he's no longer with her obviously they went their separate ways but yeah. Like drugs and alcohol, collateral damage, like. collateral damage, you know. And two beautiful children. Um, one of us, my goddaughter, I'm very, very fond of her. Um, if she's if she's listening to this TikTok or TikTok, if she's <laughs> listening to this podcast, she's mad for TikTok. She's gonna yeah. calm down. And um, but uh, we're too old for TikTok. Too, no, bet, no, no, I, I, I did. I think I was the first Lord Mayor to do a TikTok. But anyway, we get back to that. But um, no, and then like I had kids, Seamus kids, Padraig had kids, Michael had kids, Dan had kids, 
and we were all trying to do the best for our family. And then Don was just like a wash, lost at sea, the ship lost at sea. Mm. And as you said, like collateral damage. He's now since clean. He's um, obviously in, 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 he says every day is a battle. He's still in treatment, both mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, he, he, he met a new girl. He has a new child. He's opening up a new business in the process of opening it up. Mm. He started a college course recently. Like we were speaking before we came on there and like you asked me what triggered it to do it as a public rep. I suppose it's a taboo subject for people for so many years. And I felt I was coming into City Hall and my brother, Don, was down in Mallow and he took a picture of a shop front, an empty shop unit, and he just said, I'm going to take a chance. Mm. And at that time, I, I'm even getting emotional now, like, mm. I nearly welled up inside mm. the back of the car. How far he's after coming, like, yeah. yeah. Just to see it, like, I've seen Don with a needle in his arm and mm. foam coming out of his mouth mm. and we rushing him to the hospital. Mm. And to go from that to see him mm. with his head clear getting actively involved in his two children's lives that he unfortunately neglected. Mm. And he's has a great relationship with him now and it's great to see mm. him blossoming. And a new child then as well on top of that. And to see him saying he's going to take a, a chance at, he's going to have antique furniture or second-hand furniture or whatever you call it. But yeah. I, I couldn't care if he was selling biscuits as long as he's, as long as he's something to focus yeah. on, you know? And I welled up in the back of the car and then Finn Bear looked back at me, all right, Lord Mayor, and I said, I'm grand. And, uh, I, I, I just kind of put a post on Facebook about addiction and um, on English and the examiner rang me <clears throat> and he says, he goes, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cryptic and what you said there. And I goes, no, it's to do with my brother. And I told Owen my story. And uh, Owen, if, in fairness, Owen, you know, he, it's very, I suppose, delicate for the family. Yeah. And uh, as you said, like a taboo subject and it was this perception that, you know, it's a dirty secret that families have and it should mm. be hidden away mm. and stigmatised. And Don is nothing to be ashamed mm. of. How did you feel um, after the story went out? Did you feel, did you, like, it's very hard to understand how you're going to be received mm. by the public for something like that, honest. particularly when you're you're in politics and you, you've such a high position within the, uh, the City Hall and stuff. Mm. I don't know, we in the City Hall at that stage, but... We'd like, me out that time, only well, a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, That's a massive step. I like that is a brave, brave step. Look, you know, myself and James would not, not when you because put your of story this. out there, you have to accept that it's, it's sometimes yeah. it's not all going to be positive. They're going to get people, like even people maybe listening to this podcast now, and they're saying, oh, look at him, and he's doing this and he's doing that. You're going to get people, begrudgers. Mm-hmm. It's in all walks of life. No one's, no one's going to like you 100%. Mm. You know, particularly in my game as a politician, there's no one yeah. going to like you 100%. Yeah. You know, whether it be, you know, political aspirations or personality or something, whatever it may be. But like, I I was worried initially when it, it was going to go out. I spoke with Don, I spoke with the family. I said, look, Owen wants to do this in the examiner. I'm willing to tell him, is it okay? Like, I, I didn't just dive right in and say, here's my story. Yeah. And by the way, tell the family, like, I know, yeah. uh, you know, over, over a cup of tea, like, you know, oh, by the way, mom, um, yeah. but, uh, uh, and by the way, Don, but it was, I rang him and I said, I goes, look, is it all right if I tell your story? And uh, he said, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I knew then with Don's blessing that I felt a bit confident to mm. tell our story. And uh, one thing, like I said at the end of it to Owen, was that as Lord Mayor, one of my themes of my morality, I want to help people in recovery and help people in addiction. Mm. And, you know, some people may realise that, 
you know, that there's no hope out there. There mm-hmm. is. There's mm-hmm. always someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And the Office of the Lord Mayor, under my stewardship, there's an open door policy there. If someone has a problem, they can knock on my door and I will help them. But to answer your question, how did I feel? I felt worried. But the reception mm-hmm. I got yeah. and the reception we got as a family, the, the the emails the office received in relation to people seeking help mm-hmm. and just the whole broad reception of it across society like it was a news talk it was on local mm. radio stations it's an examiner it was an independent and the broad reception of people like I got emails from people above in Sligo above in Dublin mm. I got one fellow from Boston mm. you know there was the, the, you know saying thank you for your story mm. because there's so many people struggling and Don's journey he may be at the tail end of it mm. but he's never going to finish it it's got a continuous thing. It's continuous. I'll tell you that. And people could be starting out. I don't have a problem. Go on away. Don't, don't look at me. I'm in the middle. Okay, I might have a problem or I'm at the end or I'm at the end of the beginning yeah. and I need help. But there is avenues. And sure, look, you know what better yeah. than anyone else. But There's you know, avenues yeah. there. Like, you, you know, know, when you did that interview and you, know, you said there you were on a news talk and mm. the independent, the examiner and that. Well, you're on the tour now. He's now so you've peaked. It's all downhill from here. But you know, it's all downhill from you know here. when you went when you went to the examiner and the other media with with the story, in that moment, right, you've um, you've reached out to so many families affected by this issue, and the the families that would see the Lord Mayor politics in general as kind of uppity or something that would be detached from my norm, my normal. All of a sudden, you make it very uh, relatable. You know, like well, politics, politicians are people from our areas 100%. with families like us, with sure. issues like us too. You know, but us. I know, I know. Yeah. But sometimes politicians can feel or can become detached. I suppose. So well, what, there's, 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 I suppose there is an element to that, right? But I suppose this goes back to my grandmother um, when I was working behind the shop counter in Perry Street, and we. We dealt with all walks of life, Dad. All walks of life. Mm. And uh, my grandmother used to say, she said, be careful, you know, no matter how far you rise, it goes, mind everyone on the way up, because you don't know who you want to meet on the way down. That's the truth. It's as simple as that. So I couldn't care whether you were a multi-billionaire or you were, you know, an average Joe Soap inside the road. We're all the same. Yeah. We are all the same. Would you like to leave some form of legacy behind you has been Lord Mayor in terms of maybe doing something for the city Maybe like towards the treatment centres, or do you think we've enough? Do you think we've enough? We've enough, yeah. To be honest with you, and um, I'm on the record, and I'll say it here again. I think we need a supervised injection centres. Definitely, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. I had a story in an email from a a lad in there. He watched his uh, son die in the COH after a dirty needle, and he was caught inside in the old North Main Shopping Street or shopping centre, North Main Street. We need him. We need. I my friend, my friend died in there too. Yeah, Vincent. Yeah, yeah. that's desperate. Like, no, it's you know? sad. Like, and then like, and I had the opposite side of that. Then going, oh, why should we? Why should we pay for supervised injection centres? Mm-hmm. Tell that to the the man who buried his his son. But you see, you know pe- what I mean, pe- the people that say that think that the people that are using these injection centres want to be using them because they have nothing better to be doing. It's not, that's not the reality of it all. The reality is these people are suffering in some form or some way if they're using heroin and they can't see a way out. You know, they just cannot see a way out because 
Exactly, because the heroin is blocking out whatever trauma or whatever experience they don't want to... If you have a headache, you take a paracetamol. Exactly, yeah. Simple as. Yeah. And know? if you have diabetes, you need to go to the chemist for insulin. Injection. But if you have heroin addiction, does it... Or we'd want no methadone being dispensed in my pharmacy. Exactly. That's like denying a diabetic insulin. Another thing I have an issue with is... I understand drug-related litter, right, is a big issue for mm. certain areas. But then when proposals, I remember city council, they put, and I want name areas now, okay. right, because I know it, it's sensitive for people. Mm. But if there's an issue in the area and city council put in drug uh, needle stick bins and stuff like that, then residents complain about the bins. Mm. It's like we can't just make it vanish. You have to address it, you know. You, you can't, like, well, we, want to, we, we don't want the... We don't want to damage drugs or don't to the city, but we also don't want to be part of any solution. We have to be solution-focused. Like We, as a society, need to start having an adult conversation about addiction. Not just heroin or, or, or narcotics, but gambling, uh, alcoholism. We need to start having a, a mature conversation and how we are going to deal with it as a society. Because if we are to expect an uh, 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 an individual who's suffering from addiction to come to an, uh, an institution for help, and we, we, we expect them to fix themselves, then we need, to, as a society, to step up to the mark and to meet them halfway. Mm. Supervised injection centres, I am all for. Um, and I know other members of council are as well. I'm not going to name anyone here mm. now. Um, but I know for a fact that is the case. You said they don't want bins in their area. Certain people don't. Do you remember the toilets in uh, Grand Parade? Mm. They had to be shut down because mm. they were being used as, uh, yeah. I suppose, covered injection yeah. uh, for, for individuals who were injecting. But we now have no toilets. And then what, what was done? Oh, we'll take the toilets out of there. Yeah. So you're sweeping the problem under the mm. rug and we're taking away. And where does that do? They're down a side alley. And yeah. we're back to the, the, you know, as you said, your, your, your friend who passed away yeah. and that, that individual who passed away in North Main Street Shopping Centre. Mm. And you're hiding it. And it is this, I suppose, notion of out of sight, out of mind. That's wrong. Mm. I think it's wrong, 100%. Like yeah. We need to start having an adult conversation about how we're going to deal with this epidemic because that's what it is and it's not like uh it's not soft on drugs policy either what you're trying to do is you're trying to keep somebody alive long enough so they can turn around and change and the supervised injection facility it's not like oh come on in here and get stoned it's we'll provide you with safe works if you overdose we'll make sure you don't die Mm -hmm. you know we'll provide naloxone or whatever but also We'll have key workers on site. We'll signpost the, the different... We'll, we'll let you know where the help is. And when you're ready, it'll be there for you. We're just trying to keep people alive. Like my friend that died. Maybe you didn't come across um, your brother mm. with the needle and the phone. What would happen to him? He'd have been dead. dead. We did. What we're trying to do is make sure people don't die. And eventually, your brother can open up a shop. Mm. Do you know, me and yeah. Timmy can go to college, start podcasts and help others. Gillian can become a teacher. Mm. Do you know... People have loads of potential, but if they die, all the potential dies um, with them. We just yeah. want to keep them alive. The best that stories bit. and the best, the best stories in the graveyard, and that what they say. Yeah, you know, you know, you're 100 percent right, yeah. and we need to incentivize these people and help these people to get back. They fall in hard times, and my dad used to say to me, "Call him what you do when you fall. You pick yourself up. Mm. It's as simple as that." And just because they're dealing with a narcotics that happens to be illegal, it's it's taboo. And that's that's all wrong. Like I, you look at Portugal. Yeah, they've decriminalised it, and they've taxed certain elements of it, which is good for the exchequer. But that's not what it's about. Yeah. But 
their crime rates have plummeted on account of it. And drug-related deaths. And drug-related deaths. On HIV. On, on, on HIV, on organised criminality. Yeah. Because you're taking, like, look, organised criminality. In the courts. You take, imagine you take their product off them in the morning. Mm. What are they going to do? Mm. Do you know? You're, yeah. you're, 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 you're solving a lot. I think that as a society, we need to look at helping individuals. But at long term, I think, you know, Ireland needs to follow suit and decriminalise uh, certain uh Elements of narcotics. They need to it's stop the same, looking at the same problem. as Portugal yeah. and stop mm. looking at it as a criminal problem mm. and start looking at it as a medical problem, which mm. is what Portugal has done. Yeah. Yeah. They need to stop looking as a problem, as a problem and 100%. looking for a solution. Yeah. The solution will solve the problem. As long as you keep thinking that there's a problem there, like people are going to keep taking drugs because they need to deal with whatever's going on for them. Why not bring something in where we have a form of solution? Where, like Portugal, yeah. it's a great example, you know. And um, like people think, people think drugs are a, a modern uh, incarnation or, or, or invention. They're not. Mm. The people, the human race, has been taking drugs since men could walk. Yeah, mm. you go back to society, the opium dens in England in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. It's just it's and there. Yeah. Drugs, drugs haven't been illegal all that long either, no. in relative to. Yeah. history, do you know what I mean, yeah. the last hundred years really, and it's all ideology and politically motivated, yeah. and a lot of the, the policies that um, work in other jurisdictions, we don't have the mere snap for a want of scientific evidence, it's, a lot of it is ideology and moralistically based, is, you know. It isn't just one size fits all, obviously what Portugal did <clears throat> was pioneering, but we would have to tailor it to our society and yeah. our needs, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not just saying pick up their idea and yeah. throw it over here. I think um, we're probably getting there. Like hopefully. we ha- we have this um, two strikes rule, you know, where you have decriminalisation for the first two offences, but it's very much down to the discretion of the judge. Mm. And all in Kelleher and Carcare is doing a pilot scheme on that, which is being resourced at the moment. Mm-hmm. But we kind of need it, like uh, decriminalisation, kind of for all drug deal. Because would you uh, would you consider your brother a criminal? I wouldn't. You wouldn't, like. But I, can I, guarantee never... you, I can guarantee you there's people out in society that would. And I wouldn't class myself as and a... I wouldn't class any of either two of you. Because when you're... When we're you normal, ta- we're individuals. When you take the drugs out of the equation, there'd never again be a crime committed. <laughs> you like. know, I have to laugh at that. Like, do, you remember, do you often hear a fellow there like, you know, he's mad for the drink. Yeah. You know, he's an awful man after drink. Yeah, he's grand, but once he gets a drink in him, he's an awful man. Yeah. That's acceptable. Yeah, exactly. And drink is a drug as well, whether we like to believe it or not. Yeah. It is. It's just a taxable, he's an awful huh? man after drink. Oh, what he says, you know, he'd never say that sober. Mm-hmm. You have to take that logic mm-hmm. and apply it to narcotics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same principle. Mm-hmm. And the vetting, Garda vetting as well, mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah, he might have done that stuff when he was when he was using drugs, but he wouldn't dream of doing that today. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the fellow who's murder and the drink mm-hmm. with his own fellow when he's sober. It's yeah. the same thing, and it's a good point. But um, what was I going to say to you before we finish up? Have you any anything interesting coming up? Um, any interesting engagements or visits? Are you starting to travel around more? We or? do. We do. Um, this Saturday, um, I will have the honour of accompanying uh, the Taoiseach and the Minister for Foreign Affairs and Defence on board the Ellie Samuel Beckett from Hall Boland up to Kennedy Quay. 
and there's another two or three naval vessels in tow to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the naval service in Ireland. Um, and we're holding a civic reception in City Hall and uh, I believe I'm going for lunch on board the Beckett then as well. Um, that should be interesting. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to it because my young friend is coming with me. I love it. And we're going to go from Hall of Boland, um right up right up past Blackrock Castle, right up the old port of Cork, Past your car wash, uh, <laughs> onto Kennedy Key, and uh, it's it's um, it, it's something I'm looking forward to, and I know the young fellas as well. And Finbar's been winding me up all week because, as Lord Mayor, you're also Admiral of the Port of Cork. Oh, it's an old tradition that goes yeah. back to the 1700s, and you actually get an Admiral's hat, like, like <laughs> Lord Nelson, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's the traditional throwing of the dart, which takes place in October. You go out in a naval ship, and you go as far as Roaches Point, and you throw the dart, and wherever the dart la- lands is the boundary of the domain of the Lord Mayor of Cork. It's just a traditional yeah. thing. But Finney's winding me up all week. He says, Lord Mayor, we'll have to wear the hat coming up the, the harbour. We'll have to wear the robes as well. And I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're winding me up. Like, next thing, no, no, he kept on, no, no, no. And I went into Nicola in the office today. And she goes, you must be fucking joking. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, oh. there'll be no hat. There'll be no robe. Yeah. You're there with the chain and the young fella. And I look, I'm looking forward to that. We are opening up again. Um, COVID has been detrimental on all walks of society mm. mental health and civic society and social society and everything um, we are opening up again the civic reception mode in City Hall is obviously COVID limited with COVID numbers and social distancing and all that but yeah. I'm very optimistic for the future on the 22nd mm. of October yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to call it Freedom Day like they did in England go mad and say and rear and jumping around but, it's like, <laughs> but um, it's, it, it'll be the social requirement or the legal requirement for social distancing will be scrapped. The wearing of masks in certain settings outdoors and even indoors will be scrapped. Mm. We can, I was talking to one fellow and he said, he goes, what are you looking forward to? He goes, taking the stool and putting it back up against the bar and sitting at the bar. Mm. Do you know that? That's, that's such yeah. a big part of people's lives. No. Mm. Um, live entertainment. Life, like, it's live entertainment, which is coming back soon now and they've been detrimentally hit. But look, this is, I know people will say, look, You've anti-vaxxers and you've anti-conspiracy yeah. COVID. You've all that, right? I don't know what's right. I'm not a scientist, but I do know one thing. It's been a crap two and a half years, two, mm. years, two years, and we want to get out of it. Yeah. So we're we're going the right direction. We may have made mistakes down through the, along the path. Mm. We've had false dawns, mm. but this was a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, everyone on the planet, whether we like yeah. it or not. Yeah. And yeah. I would be optimistic, you know, as a society, we can move forward. And yeah, I'd, in relation to trips, I had a meeting with uh, the chief uh, uh, head of uh, international relations in the French Embassy today in City Hall, and uh, we're looking at possibly going to Rennes in May. Um, Cork is twinned with Rennes mm. um, in Brittany in northern France, and. Uh, and now France is our closest EU neighbour right. since, the, since yeah. uh, uh, the United Kingdom have left. Um, we're looking to open up trade routes and commerce between us ourselves and France, Excellent. which will be very, very yeah. beneficial. A lot to look you know, forward to. So a lot to look forward to. I got a shock. You get the diary every Sunday night. Nicholas, uh, you know, I have to hand it to her. Without Nicola, there would be no Lord. And she's been great to liaise with as well. On oh, our t- she's just a pleasure. And it's literally, she hands you your diary and it's the gospel according to Nicola. But I have to hand it to Finbar as well. There isn't a back alley or a, a boring <laughs> that that man doesn't know. 
we've sat and have in the car and I don't think he's turned it on once. I'll watch yeah. what that for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a bother to him. Like, Has Finn Bear been the, the driver for all the Lord Mayors? I think I'm his 11th Lord Mayor. Yeah. Um, and, like, he's hilarious. Like, he could be driving. Like, we were down, we went down for uh, the inspection of the fleet of the RCYC last Sunday, last Saturday, uh, down Hall Boland as well. And we were on the way down next thing, like, do, 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 and he's just tapping the phone and on the screen of the car. Next thing he pulls up some some Commodore and Harbour and base. All right, Finny, bye. What's the story? He knows everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he knows everyone. Like no matter where you're going, we went to the National Day of Commemoration, um, and uh, <laughs> we drove up there. And it was in um, it was in Collins's Barracks in Dublin, and uh, we pulled up anyway. And there was uh, a soldier. She was directing us down to a car park, and. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm here with the Lord Mayor of Cork. And next thing, all right, you know, was parked down there. And Finney was like, no, no, this is right now, no, Lord Mayor. We get you up next to the president in the Taoiseach, two minutes now. So he makes a phone call, like, and next thing, like, everyone was parking in the lower car park. Then all of a sudden, two lads come out of nowhere, barriers open up, straight up like that. <laughs> and you get up there, and all right, Finn Bar, what's the story? You know, he knows everyone. <laughs> Finn Bar more famous than you. Finn Bar yeah. more famous than me. Yeah. 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 So he might be the Lord Mayor of Cork someday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's the eternal Lord Mayor. Yeah. Um, no, he's a gentleman. He's an absolute he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a pleasure to go to work with every morning. Yeah. Fair play. Look, enjoy the rest of your time. Yeah. And it was an honour to speak to you. And, yeah, um, mine, and we'll look out. We, we'll definitely look out for you because you know you're somebody now that. Has some form of authority that knows what it's like to have. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, yeah, but it's a good, it's a good thing that that there's somebody like yourself knows what it's like mm. to live with somebody yeah. caught up in addiction and and everything else in prison and whatever else, you know. Well, and it's great. I think that's that's brilliant. Um, and and thanks for having me on. Yeah. I really appreciate. It. I've been and I spoke to the dash bus, yeah. and yeah. we were kind of to win and throw in and Nicola was mentioning it and stuff yeah. but uh, I'm really looking forward to it all day I had a long day I started early this morning same with those uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I've been really looking forward to it all day and it was an absolute pleasure anything I can do in my capacity as Lord Mayor um, I glad to give me a shout I'm, I'll always be at the end of the phone or contact Nicola Thank and you. when things ease up I'd like to get the two of ye into the chamber and I don't have to be involved in it because you've all heard my story now and that's yeah. it you do but I want ye to host a live podcast from the chamber and city hall. That would be the honour of our lives, believe you do me. that for me, lads? Yeah, yeah. that would be, be absolutely the honor great. Lives. Excellent. Mm. Yeah. We'll do it before I leave. Thank you. Uh, that, that's the job. I look forward to that. Excellent. Thanks a million. Mm. Thanks. And don't forget to bring the car down to the car wash. I'll <laughs> oh, yeah. It, September is International yeah. Recovery Month. Mm-hmm. So this is our first podcast in honour of International Recovery Month but we're going to do a whole series of them over the month of September just focused on recovery so you're the first so thanks for coming in yeah, and giving the perspective of a family member because you speak uh, on behalf of all families affected by addiction mm. which happens all over Cork City mm. and County so thanks a million James, thank you thank you thank, thank you, you. Thank you very thanks much. and thanks Gillian you did a great job oh, mighty. <laughs> see you later bye hold up What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.